You are listening to us, Unscripted Stories, brought to you by Northwestern University's Multicultural Student Affairs. We are recording at the traditional homelands of the people of the Council of Three Fires, the Ojibwe, Potawatomi, and Adawa, as well as the Menominee, Miami, and Ho-Chunk Nations. Hello and welcome back. I am Vishnu Venagopal, one of the graduate assistants working within Multicultural Student Affairs. I'm here with the esteemed Aaron Golding, one of the assistant directors working in Multicultural Student Affairs, uh, responsible for supporting the Native and Indigenous communities on campus. Aaron, you want to say what's up? What's up? (laughs) And an even more esteemed guest, the one, the only director of Multicultural Student Affairs here on campus, Davery Velasquez Phillip. How are you, Dev? I'm doing well. Thank you it for that It is so wonderful to see you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Dav, could you tell us a little bit um, just who are you? What is your role here? Um, yeah. And where do you work out of? Sure. Um, well, thank you for the intro. My name is Davri Velasquez Phillip. Um, most folks on campus know me as Dav. Um, who am I? I serve as the director for Multicultural Student Affairs a little over a year and a half now. Um, my office is in the Multicultural Center on the second floor, although I really do my best to try and spread my time to all of our facilities, um, including the Gender and Sexuality Resource Center and the Black House. So um, my office is there, but I think I'm hardly ever there intentionally so that I can show my face around campus. For sure. Um, what do you, uh, where is home for you? How do you, um, however you want to define home, but where would you say home is for you? Um, well, I'm originally from Chicago. Um, I was born at Illinois Masonic and my family migrated here from Puerto Rico, um, or Borinquen as our native folks call it. Um, home for me really starts in Puerto Rico. My family's from both sides of the island. So Mayagüez which is where my Afro-Latinx side is from, and then Umacao, which is where my Taino, my indigenous side is from. Chicago is also home, so I I feel a very strong connection all the way from Chicago to through the the ocean to the island. Um, But now I live in Skokie. (laughs) (laughs) Skokie, yeah. (laughs) That's home, Um, and I'm making a home with my partner and my dog. So what led you here to Northwestern? Can you tell us a little bit about your journey to um, taking on this role? Sure. Um, so I have my professional journey, but I'll tell you a little bit about how I spoke this out into the universe. And I think my ancestors and spirit guides got me here. So I, I can remember August 2018. I was hanging out in a pool with my partner and two of our closest friends. And I said, by the end of this year, I want to be back in Chicago. And we had this very pivotal moment where I can, I can tell you what the sky looked like, what the trees looked like. And I said, I wasn't sure that I wanted to come back home. Um, By that point I had already been in DC or the DMV for about nine years. And But something at that point said, it's time to go back. And I said that it was going to happen by January. I don't know where that came from, where that declaration came from. Um, 
And then in about October, Rob Brown, the director of social justice education, said, Dav, it's time to come back home. I have a position I want you to apply for that I'm chairing the search for. And yeah, that was it. I hadn't applied elsewhere. I wasn't necessarily looking. Um, I knew I wanted to come back home, but I was prepared to come back home without anything. Um, And I wasn't going to run away from where I was to something else if it wasn't the right fit. But sure enough, I came on campus and I had this gut reaction of, I think I'm going to do some good work here. Um, And I wasn't worried. I knew that it was mine um, because I had been led here. Before that, um, Mm -hmm. my work really involved um, residence life, student conduct, a lot of leadership development, And as much as I love that work, I was very clear that it was only a moment in time because I came into this work knowing that I wanted to work with specific student populations. Um, But that really gave me the opportunity to hone my skills as a generalist. And when the time came that I felt like my skills were sharp enough that I can take it to the communities that I wanted to serve, that's when I made the jump to multicultural student affairs, which was about 2013, 14 at this point. Um, and then while at Georgetown, I served as an assistant director and the multicultural office there. And then two years into my role, I became also the director of, um, diversity and inclusion initiatives for faculty and staff. So, um, taking on a lot. Yeah, it was a lot, but it eventually, again, it gave me another skill set where, I'm able to work with a lot of different people to serve the community that I want to serve. For sure. You have done a ton of great work here, just in case no one tells you that. Thank you. We've done yes. a ton of great work here, but thank you. So you talked a little bit about that you wanted to serve particular communities. What about this role allows you to then serve the communities that you were interested in serving? Sure. Well, I think whether maybe selfishly, maybe that's not the right word, but I didn't feel called or led to serve just one aspect of where I come from or who I am. And I wanted to serve in a role that allowed me to meet the full breadth of not just marginalization, but I think the intersectional being of who we are as people. Um, So in this role, I didn't have to choose whether I wanted to be a raced being or a sexual being or a spiritual being, but I get to do it all. And I get to care for all of those communities. Um, And truly, I'm able, in my role, I'm able to see how we're all interconnected and um, the value of coalition solidarity and for the word that you brought into my life, Erin, our, our kinship. Um, and my role really allows me to have this sort of bird's eye view while actually, probably bird's eye view isn't the right way to say it. It's probably the roots that are connected to a tree underneath the soil. Like I get to see all the connections of these communities yeah. and care for them simultaneously. Like a 360 view, maybe? Maybe like a 360 view. Yeah, like you see the above and you see below. Um, and I, I think I have that skill set to do that. I think I've been given that gift. Um, and I find a lot of purpose and joy in it. For sure. Thank you. 
So was there anything about this time in a, in a person's life, college, that, um, that drew you to this work or being interested in, in pursuing this kind of work um, after you were in college or anything about your life? Um, at that age that you <laughs> you were like, I need to be there for the right. me that needed me then. Right. I, I think for a lot of us, that's yeah. what it is. Definitely. Like, yeah. Man, if I just had some sort of direction or someone to be like, Dev, come on now. Like, yes, that, that, that informs why I'm here. Um, I think I can stay on this for a long time. So just give me the sign. But I... I, I learned during my time in undergrad that institutions such as these were not built for people like me. And as much as we try to retrofit them to do that um, or to serve us, there's still a long way to go. And I knew I wanted to be a part of building up our capacity as a people Um while still allowing us to be true to ourselves and our roots and where we come from. Um, so at, certainly in this time in someone's life, from my understanding, is there's a lot of exploring. What do I value? Who am I? Am I in an environment that's even safe enough to allow me to try on different names, hats, clothing, identities? And that this is such a valuable time for that. You know, I, I, I still want to maybe take on the lessons and values that I have from where I come from and or I want to learn new ones. And I'm redefining what relationships mean and um, what I want to spend my time doing. You know, college is so much more than what you're learning in the classroom. You're learning so much more about not just yourself, but the world, everyone, right? Um, or at least in my opinion, that's what it should be. And... But it's also a very overwhelming time for a lot of our students. And so I think being able to have folks, whether it's within the Multicultural Student Affairs Office or really anyone within Campus Inclusion Community Student Affairs, to have people who are anchors to help ground you, to help provide direction, to create spaces for you to explore, for you to develop community and solidarity um, to me, it's like another way of being able to mentor, nourish the next generation. Um, and I really just wanted to create opportunities where students can sort of have that while flexing their skills and muscles to recognize that we have to continuously push back um, on these institutions that weren't built for us. Yeah, so if you, you realize that these institutions weren't built for us, um, were there folks in your life when you were in college that kind of helped you in the same way that you're looking to help um, the next generation? Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yes and no. I, <clears throat> I, I don't want to sound ungrateful for what I did have, mm -hmm. but I certainly left my undergraduate experience desiring more. Um, like I had fantastic folks who taught me um, I think how to code switch, how to show up in a professional setting. Um, but I, I didn't have role models. I didn't have people who looked like me, sounded like me, um, showed up in the world like me. And so my mind was exhausted from having to imagine so much. 
what that could and should look like. And so I, I certainly think I had people who guided me along the way, but I never really found myself um, someone who took me under their wing or mentored me or showed me. Like, certainly I I was shown other people's paths, but I needed to charter my own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had that more, I'd say, in graduate school. Okay. where By the time I kind of learned what you look for in a program, what you look for out of mentors or faculty. Um, you know, I'm, I'm technically first gen and a half. My dad and I were in school at the same time when I was an undergrad. And (laughs) so like editing each other's papers and everything, Mm, like that was my experience. And book like earmark that for another podcast. Yeah. But I, I, I didn't have, I didn't know what I didn't know as a first gen and not that I had it all unlocked by the time I went to graduate school, but I knew a little bit better of what I needed and how to advocate for myself to get what I needed. If we, as we're thinking about the beginning of the year um, and new academic year, is there anything that you're really particularly excited about for this year? I'm excited for a lot of things. Um, I'm excited for the continued growth of MSA. Um, since I arrived, our team has been undergoing a transformation, um, both in how we practice, like our praxis, but I think also a emotional, spiritual transformation. Um, and so I'm excited to continue that process. We're going to have a new assistant director um, that will be joining our team. Yeah. And so I'm extremely excited for that. Um, and then there's just always a lovely new energy when you have new graduate assistants, new student workers, um, students who are coming in here for the first time, just that newness, that energy Um, and being able to welcome them with open arms and create a space with them. All of that excites me. And I, I think, I think in general, we're at a point right now where after experiencing the loss of our vice president of student affairs, um, Dr. Patricia Teus Irving, that as a whole, we are understanding who we are as a division in student affairs. And while that can be scary and uncertain, I think it also is a time of exploration. So I'm looking forward to that too. I'm constantly exploring and learning who I am, and I hope that that's always going to be the case. And so it allows me to have a better appreciation and patience for people to be able to do the same. Um, I, to my knowledge, I am the first Latinx director of Multicultural Student Affairs. I think I might be the first out, um, director of our department. Um, I'm, I'm someone who, you know, I talk a lot about my Afro-Latinidad identity. I talk about my indigenous roots. Um, as I shared, point, 1.5 generation for college. Um, and obviously, I also hold many privileged identities, but I think being able to have, I think being g- given the gift of all those various identities that um, I, I feel extremely connected to a lot of the work that we do in CIC and the populations that we serve across the board. Um, 
And I hope that it, as a director, it gives me an opportunity to um, demonstrate appreciation and my desire to advo- advocate for all of our communities. Beautiful. That's great. Cool. Thanks for stopping by. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to us, Unscripted Stories. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Support for this podcast is provided by Joe Scaletti, Emma Salem, Sydney Hastings-Smith, Saeed Resco, Alex Mana, Austin Gardner, Rafael Contreras, Juliet Sparza, with support from Vishnu Venagopal, Linda Luck, and Aaron Golding. Subscribe to hear more from us.